Welcome to today's episode of Choosing to Stay. We're so happy that you joined us. We're going to be talking today about a topic of what happens in the early days and stages right after a discovery or disclosure in something that we call trauma triage. What are you supposed to even do with that when something has come to light where there's been a betrayal or a breach of sexual integrity in the relationship? And for today's episode, you may hear us using the language of his and hers or husband and wife and know that this happens both sides, both the husband and the wife can be the one that has the sexual integrity issues. But for today's episode, if you hear us saying his and her, we're going to be using that language just for the ease of the conversation. So let's talk a little bit, Stephanie, about kind of what the experience is like for the partner who has been betrayed in those first days right after discovery, because it can be such a a shock and really disorienting. Yeah. So typically what happens is there is a discovery or a form of disclosure, and that can happen in many forms. The partner could have found evidence or found that their spouse was acting out sexually through a variety of ways, or the one with sexual integrity issues could have told the partner they're acting out. Either way, there has been this discovery and the breach. It's like this new reality has come to light. And I would say, yes, you hit the nail on the head when you said the shock. It's like an immediate shock enters into the partner's world. And they are trying to make sense of what this new information that they have found or discovered and how that fits into their life. So this new reality become, it's like their whole entire life and the world around them. They're trying to figure out what is, what is happening? How does this fit into my life story? And who am I now that this has happened to me? So shock is the, is the great word to describe what happens to the partner upon this discovery or disclosure. It, in a sense, it's like every part of their world has been shattered. So I sometimes use the analogy of like, if you had a piece of glass or a mirror that you held up six feet above the air and you dropped it, that's what it feels like is like shattering into a million pieces when their reality no longer matches what they thought it was. And so this can be really disorienting. And the person who's been betrayed often goes into a investigator role and really just looking to see, can this be real? And maybe even some denial at first of like, this can't be what it looks like, or can't be as bad as it sounds like, or as it looks like, or this doesn't happen to me. This is what happens to other people, but this isn't my story or my life. And coming to the reality that this is actually part of your story now, can be a really painful process. And you might even have responses early on that are totally outside of your value system. You may respond in ways that feel like, I don't know, I sometimes describe it as like an out-of-body experience where you're saying or doing things that you normally wouldn't say or do. You may you may say swear words that normally are not in your language. You may find yourself just kind of feeling like you're out of control because it's such a shock to your system. And when you've experienced trauma, 
the effect that it has on your brain, the frontal lobe, which is where your behaviors come from your value system is really underactivated. And your amygdala, that fear center is on overdrive. And so it's a physiological response that you're having. So if you have experienced that, or if you've witnessed your spouse experiencing that, please have some compassion for yourself or for your spouse, because it really is earth shattering when the discovery or the disclosure happens. Yeah. One thing I thought of whenever you were talking about that is commonly when we think of like a trauma happening, we think of like a natural disaster or this earthquake coming through or a tornado or whatever it is and what that causes to the land and to people's homes. And it's very similar in the situation that this trauma has happened or the unveiling of this new information. And when the partner is experiencing the shock, they do go into that fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. And we have those responses. And another thing I heard you say that I think is very valuable to know and also to normalize is the anger piece. There is such anger that comes out from the partner and it does cause us to act in ways that's not in line with our normal responses. And even other responses like not being able to function in normal daily tasks that we could previously do before this disclosure. So there's like this hyper arousal, which is like the fight, flight, or freeze, or they could be complete opposite and go into a hypo, which is like, I can't get up out of the floor. Like I literally cannot stand, or I can't get out of the bed this morning. I think the fluctuation too is very confusing for the partner. So not only have they discovered this new information, now what am I going to do with this? All this stuff is happening inside of my brain and my body, and I have no idea what's going on. The self-compassion piece is huge. Yeah. Sometimes we hear it called fight, flight, freeze, or and sometimes I think it's like fight, flight, and freeze because you yeah. want to do all three at the same time. And, and so that's where you get in these kind of stuck patterns. I was talking to one of my groups about some of the effects of trauma and how they would describe it recently. And one of them said, I didn't know how to get out of bed. And when I did finally get myself out of bed, I didn't know what to do next. And so it really is just disorienting, can be disorienting and really confusing and, and almost crippling for a time as the reality and the shock sets in. So some self-compassion and some compassion for your partner, if you're the one with sexual integrity issues, is really important in this phase. And so if we talk about it from the betrayer's standpoint, from the one who is either common disclosed or you know, the one that with the sexual integrity issues, it's almost like they feel a relief in a sense, because now this part of their life that has likely been a secret for months or years even has now been brought out into the light. And so in a sense, they experience a level of relief. I believe that is common. And, you know, this is a stage in the healing process or the beginning of your recovery or however you want to look at it that you cannot prepare yourself for. So both are coming in blindsided to what to expect during the stage or how to make preparations for it. But yes, the I think what commonly happens when the one with sexual integrity issues, now that this information is out, 
there is like a sense of relief. Oh, well, this information's out now. Let's move on. You know the truth. And he has, or the woman sexual integrity issues has the sense of relief, but then the partner's whole reality has been devastated. And so there's like this coming together almost of like, well, what do we do with this information? And that's usually when there's like a lot of conflict, what to do and moving forward. I think for the partner being able to put words to, or give us these word pictures, analogies of what the experience is like helps validate the experience itself. So there's an analogy of there is this dump truck load of manure that the woman's sexual integrity issues is driving. And he backs up, dumps the load of manure on the partner. And he's basically standing to the side with the shovel. He can help the partner get out, but instead he's just standing there in this like passivity. And so it does, it feels like there is an immense amount of weight that has been placed upon the partner and the partner's typically trying their best to get out of it and they can't see the light. They don't know what to do next or even how to function. After this major eruption and and now that the shock is here and, and you start to look at your reality, what now in this, that's why we call it trauma triage. What do we do in these early stages? And sometimes it's, just want to validate that it's hard to even think clearly. So you don't know really what to do, which is why we want to talk about this, because what can you do and what should you do? What are some of the things that would be beneficial for both partners as you're stepping into this new reality and the, the hopefully healing that's going to be happening? And so if we talk about for the partner who's been betrayed, some of the most important things that I think are critical early on is first of all, not having a lot of expectations for yourself. Some days you may feel like the only thing you can do is get out of bed and maybe you feel like you can't get out of bed. So I would say, focus on the small little tasks of, you know, getting out of bed today. I'm going to take a shower today. I'm going to make sure that I eat something. And this is really, really challenging If you have other responsibilities going on, which most of us do, if you have a job, if you have children at home, this can be so difficult because you're trying to keep it all together while inside you're falling apart and your children still need you. You still have responsibilities at a job. And so this can be so challenging if at all possible, if you can take a few days off of work. If you can send your kids to grandma's house, or if you can go somewhere safe for a few days, I think that would be really helpful in the early stages because it is really a difficult time for a partner who's been betrayed. What else would you add to that? I was just thinking that immediately is that safety piece. And what does it mean for you to be able to find safety so that you can just do the the normal tasks that you, you typically have, or be able to just step away and be able to process what has happened. Also know that it's not recommended to make any immediate decisions or choices that are life altering. So you don't have to make choices regarding the relationship or the longevity of the relationship and the commitment to it and all the things immediately after discovery. It's really good to have the safety and stabilization so that you can make an educated, informed choice on what is best for your safety moving forward. 
Yeah. I love that you mentioned that just the self-care piece is really big. Commonly prior to this, the partner probably never even thought about what that looks like to take time to, to take care of yourself and to deal with all the rush of emotions and, and all the things. Another thing that I would say is resist the temptation to go out and do something similar just to hurt the partner back for them to see the pain that you're in. Ultimately in the long run, if you make a choice to go out and do something outside of your value system in an, from an emotional state, you're going to just cause more pain and more damage for yourself and things that you have to heal from. So I would also caution you not to go do something in retaliation of that, but to really take some time to just take care of yourself. And if you have a, if you have a trusted friend or clergy member or family and definitely reach out to get the specialized support from a coach or therapist who understands betrayal, because that is going to be critical. The supported and the right kind of supported guidance is so helpful in these early stages and really can be validating when you can talk with a coach or therapist that understands what you're going through. And also another piece that can be so helpful early on is finding a support group that then you're in a community of other men or women who understand what you're experiencing, even though your what you're going through is maybe not exactly the same. They understand the betrayal piece and some of the emotions and the confusion that is happening. So if you can find a support group early on, that would be critical. And at Choose Recovery Services, we have some support groups for betrayal trauma. Reach out. We can help you find a support group that would be really helpful early on. Yeah. I literally just had a client who I was talking to about this and there was some concern around when is okay to begin recovery and healing. And I would say it's never too early. It is never too early to have therapeutic support surrounding you. And if that's immediately after discovery and disclosure, find safe, supportive people in a community who is going to help hold you up and literally support you during this time. It's never too early to get therapeutic help. Yeah. And I think the the reason why I believe it's so important to get professional support is because you may go to your best friend or your sister or your mom, or, you know, if you're the, if you're a man that's been betrayed, you may go to your brother or somebody that is close to you. And while they will probably be supported, they're going to be emotionally invested in the relationship as well. And so their advice may not always be the most helpful for you. And so getting support from a professional source that can be, you know, unbiased and unattached to your relationship in a sense, although most professionals that I know are very invested in their clients, but, but they can see it from an objective standpoint. And sometimes your close people are not always objective. And so maybe their advice isn't always the most helpful And I would say the same thing for clergy. I think depending on the person, not all clergy is trained in how to best support a couple when there's been a betrayal in the relationship. And I have so many times had heard stories of clients who have been re-traumatized by advice that they were given from well-meaning clergy who really probably have no business 
supporting. I would, I would love for clergy to just refer them out as soon as this comes, you know, into their office to get mm-hmm. specialized professional support because sometimes they can give really unhelpful and painful advice. Absolutely. Yes. And I like the piece about the support group and how it is with the therapeutic help and the support group and getting around other people who have experienced this and their story. It is very validating to the responses and the symptoms that you are having in the reactions. And that's huge. That's usually when clients really start having more of like, oh, this is my reality and it's okay. It's okay that I am experiencing this like extreme anger or I'm angry at God or whatever it is that they're experiencing. And so the validation and the normalizing of your responses can be found in those groups. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Another thing that is coming to my mind as we're talking about this is for the partner who has the sexual integrity issues, it's important to understand that this has been your reality and you have known about this for however long the, the breach of, you know, values is, has been happening. And so this is not new information to you. So when your spouse discovers this betrayal, it's important to understand that this is coming a lot of times, maybe not always, but a lot of times it's coming out of the blue, or it's going to be a shock to them that maybe some of the things they've been seeing are actually real. So as we talk about what the person with the sexual integrity issues, what would be helpful for them in these triage stages, I think that's an important key is to whatever response your spouse is having, try to have some patience and some compassion and some understanding for what they're going through, because this is not new information to you, but it very well may be for the spouse. And so it can really just come out of the blue for them. So that would be one thing I would say for the, for the person on the other side of things is to really just be patient and compassionate for your partner. Yeah. And the empathy, it's a, that it's a really good time to begin that. And then another thing I think that is important for the one with sexual integrity issues after this has, this new information has been released is for him to get therapeutic help too someone to guide and how he can support his partner. How do we transition in this? I said it earlier, it's never too early to get help. And this is a great time for him to go ahead and seek out someone who can help guide him in what is the next best decision moving forward and how to support. Yeah. And sometimes the, that the person needs some specialized support of themselves. If they have an addiction that is just being discovered, or if there's infidelity, really looking into what kind of support they need. If you are struggling with a pornography or sexual addiction, that's leading you to acting out behaviors, you're going to need some professional support. I would highly recommend that you get some support first from someone who can help you dig into developing the skills and having the tools and the resources that you need to learn to start managing that. And that is one of the best things you can do for your partner as well, is be willing to step into that arena of looking at your own stuff and making a course correction. That's a scary thing for a partner who's been betrayed to think that this might happen again and again and again. 
And so getting that support to start to build that safety piece as the relationship is moving forward is really important early on. Also, it's not uncommon for the truth to sort of trickle out early on. And that is such a painful experience. And it's such a delicate thing to walk because we know in the professional world that having a professionally supported formal disclosure where you can really give all of the timeline and the facts about the acting out can be a much better way than to vomit everything all at once. At the same time, your wife deserves or your spouse deserves the truth and honesty. And so it's kind of a balance, which is why it's really important to get that professional support. So you can have that piece of everything guided, but truth and honesty and transparency is critical in these early stages. And there might need to be some behavior changes. Like maybe you, in order to create some safety for your spouse, you might need to share location. You might need to agree to stop going to a certain place or if the infidelity or the betrayal has happened at work, you may need to make some adjustments at work or maybe even find a new job or, you know, you may have to do some major behavior changes in order to create that safety piece for your spouse to see that you're working on managing the behaviors and that you're wanting to repair the relationship and the damage that has been caused. And we know that, I mean, our audience is couples who are choosing to stay. And I also know that this doesn't always happen. Like sometimes when there's a discovery or a disclosure, the person with the sexual integrity issues may deny it. They may minimize it. They may act like you're making a big deal out of nothing. And so they're also are women and and men who experience that piece where their partner isn't willingly coming to them with the information and isn't being forthcoming with the acting out behaviors. And so I just want to validate that piece that even though we think our audience is couples who are choosing to stay, that isn't always the case that we have two partners who are willingly and openly trying to heal the relationship. And that's really painful. And I definitely recommend you get professional support if that is your situation. Yes. The one with sexual integrity issues, taking the lead and getting help, it really helps with the safety for the partner. And another thing I was thinking about is the cycling of thoughts. Usually during the stage is whenever the partner will have an immense amount of questions trying to make sense of story. And typically with that will come the question, she will actually verbalize questions to her spouse. And it is, it's shaky ground. Like what, what is best way to answer this? And that's where the therapeutic support comes in. You need someone to guide you because the staggered disclosure or the trickle truth, those things are re-traumatizing. So you're adding layers of trauma to what has already been discovered. And so definitely therapeutic support is needed in how to answer these questions appropriately and the the full disclosure. I'm a big advocate for that in a therapeutic setting where you can both be regulated and receive the information in a healthy way versus being completely re-traumatized with all the staggered information. Yeah, We're going to do an episode 
in the near future on disclosures and what that means. Cause if you're new to this world, that might be a term that you're unfamiliar with. Mm -hmm. And so we'll dig into that a little bit more and it can be really beneficial at the same time. Truth is essential for the foundation of healing. And so if you can work to start having some transparency about your behaviors and what's happening currently, and then get some therapeutic or professional support as you navigate this new territory in your relationship. Yeah, that's all good. Okay. So I think we've covered a lot of things today that are going to be helpful for those of you who are walking the early stages of discovery of betrayal in your relationship. We could probably have a whole bunch of episodes on all these little side topics, but I hope that that gives you some foundation of things to start with and to start to walk down this journey of healing individually and together relationally. If you would like some further support, you can find the contact information for Stephanie and I in the show notes. We both provide individual support. We have groups that we run and we work with couples. So if you need support and you would like to reach out to us, please don't hesitate to do so. Or if you want a recommendation, we are happy to help you with that as well. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today and we hope you'll join us again next week.